want to go back to the, remind us that, that the thing that I would, I would have you pray for us all is that our hearts getting set free is the theme. As we've gone into Galatians, as we're thinking about what Paul, the task that Paul has to deal with is, um, is really getting this, this community of faith, this new community of faith that's ra- wrapped in a culture that's Old Testament culture, that's a, a national religious culture. Paul is trying to say to the Gentiles, I want you to be free from your culture binds and so that you understand that the kingdom of heaven, the core values of the kingdom of heaven are really radically different than your human nationalistic culture. And so you're not going to be defined by, by the culture you grew up in. You're not going to be defined by the core values of what you hold, but this new, new creation that Paul's trying to get them to understand so that their hearts would be free is that there's a relationship with Christ that changes the whole story. And that story uh, was difficult for people to understand because as you understood what happened in Egypt, Egypt tried to compress Israel by changing everything, and uh, the, the Gentiles had distorted the Jewish faith when they go through the pagan world. But in Galatia, the Judaizers were doing just the opposite, or the same thing. They were trying to conform the pagan Gentile converts into a nationalistic way of thinking. This is the old spirituality of the Old Testament being imposed upon something that's it's new wineskin. So God is doing something brand new. And as we get into, as we get into the teaching, again, I want to I emphasize because it's huge. Paul was not easy. He said, as I have said before, one time, I said it before, and I say again, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you have received, contrary to what I'm teaching you, he is accursed. They were leaving Christ. And Paul was telling those people who were influencing the believers, you are anathema, anathema, in the sense that there's something hated about this. I don't like what you're doing. It's I vehemently dislike There's a rage in Paul that's coming up because it's blocking the blessing of God. And anger is a blocked goal. But this is a righteous anger that Paul is saying, no, I need to speak to this because if you're trying to keep God's people from entering into the kingdom, you are a detested person. Very strong. You couldn't get any stronger because... There are influences that are coming in that are affecting. And so as a pastor, as a, as a prophet, Paul is protecting the, the Galatians and the, the Christians from the influences that are, that are corporate, national, old uh, thinking but of the flesh. I say this again because I'm calling you, Christian, to be a thinking Christian to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. You've got to turn on your brain. But that was the very thing that Paul said to the Galatians in chapter 3. So let me begin with chapter 3, reading down to verse uh, 10. 
You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? And he penetrates them with question after question. Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? So then, does he who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? You can hear Paul's intensity. He's really going after And he's not just making a position. He's investing in the very individuals by saying, you, 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 you. He's speaking to people who are hearing things, and they are getting disturbed because Paul rightly disturbs them because they're following an influence that's not of God. Even so, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Therefore, be sure, be certain that it is those who are of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, all the nations will be blessed in you. So then, be sure, be certain, that those who are of faith are blessed. With Abraham, the believer. Paul is going after those influences that are leading them away from Christ. And so I want you to know as well, to be aware that there are influences that are taking place in our culture in this very hour that are influencing the way Christians are thinking, the way Christians are responding. And let me just say this at the outset. If you begin to get involved in politics, you get involved in a cultural war, you will miss eternity. Christian, don't get involved in the wrong war. The idea that there's an agreement in Washington is so far away from the idea that you'll be left out of heaven. Don't preoccupy yourself with the things of this world Set your minds on the things above and then speak to this world with the wisdom that says, this too will pass. Think, Christian. Those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. You've got to have a discerning spirit in these days. But don't lose the gospel in this morass of confusion. Because the Bible says, the wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but this cultural, political tension, this divisive, this spirit of argumentation is earthly, natural, and demonic. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. 
If you don't pick up that spirit, you won't respond to it or it will affect you. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. Don't be fooled. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy, good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. If you're going to listen to Paul and you're going to listen to the spirit with which Paul is speaking, you're going to echo what Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for these are the children of God. But that's not the spirit of our age. That's not the spirit of our age. It's just like the Judaizers. We have a national way of thinking. We have this team and that team. It becomes tribal. That is not the gospel. That is not the kingdom. That is not you. And so my job is to equip you with the tools of thinking about the gospel, to keep that focus. You remember this show. I can't do that little nose twitch on Bewitched. But Paul said, who bewitched you? Who put the evil eye on you? Who hypnotized you? Is the idea that all of a sudden you're like walking around like you're being pulled into something that you're not thinking. You're not thinking. You foolish. It doesn't mean you're stupid, imbecile. It doesn't mean, it means you're not using your brain. And you become passively just kind of going along with the herd. No, no. You want to keep the law? Paul says it's ineffective. It's unnecessary. But Paul, aren't you leading people away from... I mean, we're, we're Jewish people. We, we go to the temple. We keep our dietary laws. We, we study the Torah. And you're, ta- you're telling us something different? This is apostasy, Paul. This is what it means to be Jewish. Paul says, yes, but that's not what God's after. He's after the Messiah. And what kingdom... People, the people who are not thinking... And so one of the things as you listen to Paul is he's talking to people who are not thinking. Paul thinks. And instead of having a a controversy of faith versus reason, what you see happening in Galatians is Paul is reasoning through his faith. He's thinking about what God is saying in his word, and he's really trying to put it together. He reasoned his way through his faith. And this is what Paul wants us to see. That the Galatians, how did you get started? You were born again in, by faith. Verse 2, Abraham started by faith. The covenant is based on faith. Nations come to Christ based on faith. You are all, you are all Galatians, uh, people in Israel, pagan, barbarian, male, female, slave-free, you are all going to enter into the kingdom by the same standard of faith. Faith is the issue, but not faith in faith. But you have to understand that salvation, sanctification, justification are by faith. Now this is huge. Paul reasoned his way through faith. Paul reasoned his way through the law. And Paul was a thinking man. You have to be a thinking Christian too. Paul reasoned. He turned on his brain. He said, okay, God, I'm here. 
You say, come, let us reason. I'm here to reason. And this is Paul's reasoning. I want you to see, Galatians, you keep the law, it won't be enough. It's inadequate. It's ineffective. It won't get you into heaven because the law does not deal with what Christ deals with. The Spirit does not come through the law. God's work does not come through the law. Condemnation is not removed through the law. No one is justified by the law. Faith is not part of the law. The covenant promise does not involve the law. The inheritance is not based on the law. Paul is saying, here are the arguments. And you're going to leave Christ? Last week I talked about that, that mindset of thinking that the intuitive mind and the, the spiritual sense of what God wanted you to have in your faith, then what is naturally built, if it wouldn't get blocked, you respond that your mind is just a ser- rational mind is a faithful servant. I love that. That your mind is just a servant. It's a tool that's going to serve you to do what God's called you to do. We have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. Wow, that's a good, good quote. But as Terry would say, they are a nation lacking in, in counsel. You call them foolish in your translation. They were foolish. They don't have the understanding. We have the mind of Christ, and somebody's trying to take that away from you. Paul says, wait! Would that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would discern their future. When I was a young believer in 1970. Two, May 10th, 1972 is when I accepted Christ. And soon after, Paul Little wrote this book. And uh, it wasn't long after, he was in a car wreck and he, and he died. And I thought, why would God take a godly man like Paul Little home? But he wrote this book and I read it. They've changed the title, Know Why You Believe, to Certainty, Know Why You Believe. And the idea that you can have assurance, you can have certainty, you can have reasoned faith that will give you the sense of, I understand, I'm not without reason, I'm not without wisdom. I just don't follow along because somebody says to do something. How can I be sure of my salvation? Paul is addressing this, and it's going to come up again and again, and you need to hear this and be able to explain this. It's not faith plus works. It's a faith that works. And it's a faith that says, when you're just talking about, I believe, well, it's not what you believe. A lot of people believe, but you have to understand, it's not faith, but saving faith. Faith that not just saves you to get into heaven, but faith that saves you to be transformed, to be a new creation. And Paul said it this way, you know this verse, for by grace... You have been, past tense, you have been, past tense, you have been, past tense, did I say that? Through faith. And that is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one will boast. You know that passage. Let me paraphrase it for you in modern English, according to our culture. You have been saved through belief, as long as you're a good person, For by your view of faith, you have been saved through feelings and impressions and spiritual activities. And as a result of your works, you have taken care of those things that would keep you from being kicked out of heaven. Aren't you good? 
Modern relative, that's, I got to underline, this is a falsehood. That's why the subtitle, read the, between, it's not in the Bible. That's not a translation, I made it up, so. But Paul would say, and hear this, and I want you to hear this very loudly and clearly. If the gospel of Christ's grace is not the foundation of your faith, then you are not thinking biblically. Let me say that again. If the gospel of Christ's grace is not the foundation of your faith, then you're not thinking biblically. If the added to that, instead, you may be deserting the gospel for another system that is not grace or faith-based. This is huge. This is the beginning of the seeds of the Reformation. And we have lost this, and we're shifting, eroding our faith into some other kind of cultural relativism that doesn't have any wisdom. Think, what is the basis of your calling, Galatians? What is the basis of your calling into the kingdom? What is the basis of how you relate to people in the kingdom? Why did Jesus come in the first place? Think. Think. How did you get that spirit? Why did he come? What are we doing here? Remember those core values I mentioned last week? What drives the Christian at the heart is either going to be Jesus Christ or something else. And whatever is that something else, it it may rival your devotion to Christ. It may destroy your understanding of grace, aligned with what God has revealed in Scripture. It's not even faith in God. You can have people believe in God. There's all kinds of people who have religions. But faith in this God, in the true and living God. He says, I am the way. If you don't believe Jesus is the way, then that's not the faith that you have. We, we trust not because a God exists but because of this God exists, because this Messiah came, and because of this man Paul is talking about Christ. And what he's saying to the Galatians is you don't need the law to get the benefits of Christ. So quit trying to earn the benefits that God wants to give to you by grace. Christ gives the benefits apart from the law. It's accuracy. This is a kingdom of love. And therefore, Romans 3, Paul would say, apart from the law, apart from the law, apart from your efforts, apart from your doing, apart from all human endeavor, Christ comes. And the righteousness of God has been revealed, attested by the law, attested by the prophets. But when Christ comes, he sets you free. The law, from, apart from the law, sin is dead. But under the law, sin becomes the focus. Under the law, guilt becomes the focus. Under the law, you've got to pay back the penalty. And you can't do that. And therefore, the implications of what you believe and what you think about faith in this God is, is, is it's powerfully important. The implications are these. 
You forfeit the gospel and you quench the Holy Spirit. Letting that sink in. You empower emotions. You empower another false spirituality. You empower something else that detracts away from the king and let those things make you govern you. These are the core values. If Jesus isn't king, something else is. You react and attack instead of reasoning and loving. If you don't know the gospel of grace, you fail to grow in love. Through the trials and the circumstances that people come into, bring into your lives, you won't respond by grace. You'll respond by a judgmental law. You should be doing this. You ought to be doing this. It won't be gracious. It may come to the point that it influence of a reactive, maybe an angry or a foolish and rational spirit, and you will be following the flesh and not the spirit. Paul is very clear. He knows what happens when you leave Christ, and he will really comes out with one major issue. If you don't have this faith in Christ, you may not be saved. Danger. And that's what was happening in Galatians. People were coming in to destroy the faith, to destroy the message, turn people back to this national little tribal thing. And God says, no, 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 no. Again, you don't need to become Jewish to get the benefits of the Messiah. Christ gives the benefits apart from the law. Apart from the law. So you have to be careful. It's not... It is not your faith versus your reason or your faith versus somebody else's opinion, somebody else's unbelief, or even your faith versus the law. What you have to understand is that if your focus is not on Christ, that is belly, but sin, thinking, but you would desert God. You were to die, the one you desire. If you have conflict, if you have doubt, are you thinking about it? Do you just think about it personally, or do you go to the body of Christ and think, corporately with the scriptures in the family of God. And if you move to another kind of influence or cult or whatever thing that's going to make you feel challenged, are you convinced that your response pleases God? For without faith, God is not pleased. And you may think, is there a pattern? The way you treat people, there's also the same pattern the way you treat God. And so you're thinking about how you respond, who you are and what you believe. Really is powerful. And so Paul is saying, are you willing to walk away from the whole family of God, the whole kingdom of God, because of influences or the interactions of a few people? So if you were to do it all over again, would you change anything? You bet. So think, is your choice helping or hindering relationship with Christ and others? Is this choice of your faith, whatever it is, is it moving you to regret or to rejoicing? Well, let me close. And just say what we said last week. Reflect on these things. Think on these things. Because I'm telling you, what we're going to get into is really powerfully solid. It will make you a Christian that says, okay, I know who I have believed, and I know that he is able 
to keep that which I have entrusted to him against that day. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all these things. Let's, uh, let's close with this thinking, with this, with this word. Take what I'm saying today. Take time to be holy. Think about these things. As you grow up in grace, then it will affect the way you relate to people. And so let me stop here. We'll get into this next week. Paul has a real task, as do you and me. And I have that task. So let's close in a word of prayer. Father, thank you that you're foolish, but Father, protect us now, not only from the virus, but protect us from the one who wants to devour believers so readily in this culture. But we rejoice that you know exactly where we are and what we need. So, Father, we turn to you, we trust you, we love you. And so thank you for that certainty that's ours in Christ, for that blessed assurance. In Jesus' name, amen.